Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. I'm Rod. And you're listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Welcome to another episode of Just One More Thing. In today's episode, we are covering the sermon from November 20th, Possibilities in a Pregnant Pause. And if you have any questions or comments about the sermon or theology in general, I think it's safe to say, feel free to email askask at isunrise.org. As always, let's start with the video clip. I think it was pretty self-explanatory. So how did that work in to today's message, which was based on a passage in Luke 17? Yeah, so in Luke 17, Jesus heals 10 lepers, and uh, only one of them came back to Jesus to, to thank him. And because we're looking at uh, Thanksgiving, I wanted to do uh, a thematic sermon, texturally based, based on Thanksgiving and gratitude. So while you were studying for this sermon, did anything come up that you found particularly interesting? Yeah, what Luke does is he doesn't tell you that there was a Samaritan in the group. Uh, that reveal isn't done till later. Till you, you know, it's ten of them got healed, but the one that came back, the audience or the reader later finds out that one was a Samaritan. Uh, so that was a, the twist that Luke. Uh, put on it to to surprise the reader. Yeah, when you were talking about that, is it that the group was Jews and Samaritans? Like, would that make sense? Or was were they all Samaritans, but this guy came back and it's like, hey, in addition to coming back, this guy's a Samaritan. What's the makeup of that group? Yeah, it seems to indicate, I think all scholars uh, basically agree that there were nine Jews and one Samaritan. But uh, when you're suffering like that with a debilitating disease, uh, you know, you really don't care about those distinctions. In fact, uh, there's a word that's used in this passage when Jesus says he's a foreigner. When he says, look, the only one that came back is a foreigner. It means someone of a different race. It means a stranger. It's the only time that particular Greek word is used in the Bible. And so uh, Jesus is pointing that out, that aspect out to his disciples, I believe. This sermon set us up particularly well for Thanksgiving, which is this week. It's this Thursday. I feel like we're still in kind of a series of gratitude based off of the other sermons that you had from Romans 16. Paul, you know, talking about how grateful he was for the people around him. But how did you carry into Luke 17? Where, how did you go from Romans to Luke well, I knew the story for one, but uh, it's interesting. Once I got into Luke 17, in verse one, he uses the term that we looked at last week, which was scandal. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, there's going to be obstacles that are going to be there, but woe to that person through whom the obstacles come, meaning the person that puts an obstacle in front of people coming to know Jesus, woe to that person. And so uh, I was really wrestling with this passage, and and the way I slid into it was what broke the passage open for me is when I asked the question, Jesus asked three rhetorical questions, and it's pretty clear what the answers are in, in those three questions. But I think all the commentators assume they're merely rhetorical, or maybe they were asked of the one that came back to him. But when I just stepped back and I said, 
well, who would have been around Jesus? Who would have heard him ask these questions? It hit me. It was the disciples. And so what Jesus is trying to do here is he's trying to show them that someone they would never expect to understand and show gratefulness does that very thing. And I think he wanted to teach the disciples that you don't want to put a stumbling block in front of people trying to come to know me because you're ungrateful. You want to end up developing that whole aspect of your heart and of your life of being grateful. And hopefully that came through the sermon. So so one of the things I was pushing in this message was that we uh, are not natural thinkers. We don't Gratitude is not something that's natural. It needs to be taught. And I think that's another aspect of this is what Jesus was doing. It, it doesn't come natural for us. And the Samaritan coming back, the foreigner coming back, ex- exuded free will. Jesus did not make him come back. It was of his own free will that he did that. And so uh, what I was trying to convey is in those pregnant pauses, in those times where we have time to to think about a given situation where we pause and we uh, think about it. How do we react? And I think over and over again, we should act with gratefulness. In fact, um, Robert Emmons, he is uh, a professor at uh, University of California at Davis. He defined it this way. Gratefulness is a knowing awareness that we are the recipients of goodness. And I think if Christ's followers realize that, as I ended the message, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, then it it enlarges our heart. It makes us grateful for every good and perfect thing that comes into our lives. And we can navigate life uh, a lot better knowing that we're in the palm of his hand, that we are um, special recipients of the goodness being his children. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you brought up, which I thought was a good application, I guess, um, you talked about everyone should work at Chick-fil-A just so they get used to saying my pleasure. Because it is a, I don't know if it's just a cultural thing or or what it is, but when somebody says thank you, the, I guess, natural response, at least for me and I think people my age, is no worries or no problem or, you know, don't worry about it, that kind of stuff. But when somebody says, thank you, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Happy to do it. And you're a recipient of the goodness that that person has given you. Mm -hmm. So they're saying thank you because you have provided them some sort of goodness, as it were. And so you're welcome or my pleasure is... uh, Just receive it. Just receive it. the, The other aspect of this passage was uh, some people take, uh, you know, when, when he says they were cleansed in uh, verse 14, that has ceremonial as well as physical uh, aspects to it. When he says you were made well, that means you've been rescued. And I think him taking that extra step to not only want to know the healer, Jesus, and to not only be grateful but to know all that Jesus has for him. This guy was separated in two ways. He was separated as a foreigner, and he was separated with an illness. And with the illness gone now, he uh, he wanted more. He knew that Jesus had more for him. 
And uh, that's the possibilities, the possibilities that are in Jesus in a pregnant pause. And, and what's interesting in this passage was that all of the, it's, it's almost like a, you set things up, the dichotomy between the two ideas. They're shouting to get his attention. And this one, you know, at the very beginning, all 10 are shouting that he would have mercy on them or he would recognize them and he would have pity on, on them. But then the one shouts that he's been healed and he shouts praises to God uh, from a distance versus running up and falling at his feet being close up. There's all of these things at play. And and what Jesus, I think, wants the disciples to really end on is look at what the nine who did not come back, look at what they missed. I don't want you to miss that. I don't want you to miss me and all the things you'll experience and the suffering. I'm going to be there with you. I mean, all, all but one of the disciples died a martyr's death. And I think he he said, he was communicating to them, I don't want you to miss me and all the wonderful things I do and all the disappointments that you experience. Don't miss me. Yeah. Well, thanks for breaking that down. It was a good sermon. I enjoyed it. I'm sure everyone else did too. And thank you all for listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. <laughs>